the sixth Aliyah, Parsha Shoftim. It brings us to, uh, firstly, we're told about the Isra of Hasagas Gevol, the prohibition against stealing land. Over here, the Torah describes, of course, stealing land can be a very simple thing. You move the, uh, the borders, <clears throat> you move your fence over just a little bit, suddenly you're in someone else's land. The Torah reminds us about that prohibition. You have to be so careful not to steal in a sneaky way. Interestingly, Rashi points out that it would, the way the Torah words it, it would come out that there's two prohibitions when that if such a thing would be done in the land of Israel and only one if it was done in outside of the land of Israel. Over here, then the term moves on to an area called um, Adim Zomamin, um, witnesses who were proven to be entirely false, meaning meaning that if one witness one witness testifies he can't actually bring about an action the only thing that he can do is he can he can obligate the one to whom he testifies against in the obligation of a of an oath of a vow that that what he, that what the defendant is saying is true and what the witness is saying is not true but if two witnesses come two witnesses would obligate many many different things says the Torah what if two more witnesses came and said that actually on such and such a day at such and such a time when you're claiming to have seen such an event it's not true you are with us in another place the Torah has a very very unique halacha which is that an aid is omeim that this false witness actually gets the punishment that he was trying to inflict upon the defendant. And therefore, if he was supposed to trying to obligate money, he was trying to um, get even a death penalty, the witnesses would get that punishment. Interestingly, over here, the Torah notes that testimony has to be given verbally, it can't be written, and it has to be done in front of the court. Now, again, the Torah reiterates that in each generation there are different there are different judges, and we have to treat the judges of our generation with the ultimate respect. Famously, Rashi says, Yiftach um, Samuel was, of course, the great leader of the Jewish people, but it doesn't matter if you're not in his generation and Yiftach is your leader, then you follow Yiftach. The Torah then switches gears in this aliyah and moves on to the discussion of of heading out to war. The segue Rashi tells us is that if one has set up his courts properly and fulfilled the judgment properly, as King David says he did, then you can be confident when you go to war that there is no problem. Now, this going to war over here, we're told, is not Jew against Jew, which unfortunately has happened. And as Rashi points out, it's very significant because a Jew against a Jew, even, even in a war, would you, can know, you know there would be some mercy to your fellow Jew. Says the, says the Torah, but over here you're going against your enemy and your enemy will have no mercy and therefore you can't have mercy on them. They are out to get you. But remember, says the Torah, to me, in the eyes of Hashem, says the Torah, it's just one horse. There's nothing to be scared of. The Torah says four different ways of expressing not to be scared because there were four different ways that the enemies of the, the non-Jews of that era would use to try to intimidate the, the when they went out to war. And so they, they had four different terms that they used. And Hashem reiterates, it's just one horse to me. They come with the strength, the might of a human being. You're coming with the strength of Hashem. How could you possibly be scared? And of course, there was an ark that went out to war with them. And so you have the you have God's presence with you. Fear not. Have no have no have no problem. And then the Torah segues into the famous discussion, the announcements before they went to war about who didn't have to participate in the war. And the Torah tells us that those who had been, who planted new vineyards or built new houses or just gotten married, all of them were allowed to go back 
home. Now, the last one in this discussion is someone who's scared is allowed to go home. And Rashi tells us that there's a debate about this, it means whether it means they were literally scared or whether it means that they were scared because they had sin. And the Jewish people, of course, win their wars with the, with the help of Hashem. And someone who has, who has sins doesn't have the strength, doesn't have the merit to bring Hashem's, Hashem's, Hashem's blessing and success. And therefore they could go back. Says Rashi, this whole list of other people who go back is a way of covering up so that a person who goes back from fear, um, be it sin or real fear, has no people will just assume that it's because of a different reason. We're always looking out to protect those. Says says Rashi, there's a note over here that even if the only merit, if the merit of the Jewish people was the merit of saying the Kriya Shema, saying the Shema each morning and each night, and and recognizing the singularity of Hashem, that would in and of itself be a great merit to save them in war. Um, after all, everybody who is supposed to go back goes back, then the Torah tells us you set up officers that nobody's allowed to go back. If you're going to war, you go. You don't retreat because, of course, the moment you start retreating, then you start to lose the war. And those officers are empowered to forcefully stop anyone who's retreating. We're moving forward. We're going to win. We come with the strength of Hashem.